Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon. Michelle's laughing because this is the third time that we started this podcast. Uh, her thoughts, his thoughts.com. Uh, Michelle, say hi. 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 Um, wanted to let you know one thing right off the front or right off the jump in case I forget. Our podcast can be found just about any place right now. If you have a uh, app where you find your podcast, um, iTunes. Um, the only place that I know for sure that you cannot find it is iHeartRadio uh, podcast search. But any place else you can find it, we really would love for you to subscribe to it. Uh, that way you are notified when we drop new episodes. Uh, we're really working hard to do an episode a week. And uh, so I really, really suggest that if you can find it, subscribe to it. If you can't find it, let us know and we can help you find it. Uh, Michelle and I have been asked a couple of times to talk about uh, authenticity. Um, it's a topic that we've struggled with. It's a topic that we've worked hard on. Um, it's something that we are pretty passionate about. So we're probably going to break it over a couple of different episodes uh, just because in our, in our hearts and in our minds, there's so much to it. Um, and I think that you know, this will be a, a topic where you will hear her thoughts and his thoughts mm-hmm. on the different ideas of authenticity and uh, just figuring out um, what it looks like. So I'm going to ask Michelle if she wants to say something as a form of intro and then uh, we'll just get going. Gosh, form of intro. I'm not sure. Um, I guess... One of the things that's really kind of important to know is that we've been on this journey to figure out who who we are authentically and who our authentic selves are for a long time. And um, I do think it's a journey. I don't think we're done in any way, shape, or form. But um, we just kind of want to share with you part of how this started, um, where it, it sort of came from and then how we got to where we are and where we're going right and again um, if you know anything about us we are not perfect Hmm. Uh, we're not trying to say okay we've got this figured out because we don't and probably during the course of this you'll figure out that we still are struggling with some parts of it I think what we want to do first is really talk about what is authenticity and uh, then see where that takes us but one of the other things that I anticipate that we'll do on episode two from a relationship standpoint. We'll talk about maybe how we uh, started to figure out and work authenticity into our relationship. Um, but first and foremost, let's uh, let's start talking about what is authenticity and what is being authentic. Oh, go ahead. Do you want me to talk? I absolutely want you to talk. Um, so... It's it's complicated. Yes. So I just before I start trying to give you know just quick quip definitions, it's complicated. Um, I do think that um, being authentic involves being true to who you are, mm-hmm. um, being true to how you feel, and then certainly um, being true to the things your needs, wants, desires, things of that sort. Yeah, I I think being true to those things. So. Um, being true to those things, I think, 
starts with knowing what those things are. Yeah, and so I can't speak for you completely. I think that we're on a similar path here and how we started, but I can say that for me, some of how I started to figure it out wasn't in figuring out how I felt about things or what I thought about things, but it was discovering um, things that I wasn't. Mm. So it it sort of bubbled out of this whole idea where something would happen or I'd have an experience and I'm like, you know what? I don't like that. That's not me. I don't want that to be part of my life. Right. So I think that uh, as we talk about being authentic and being uh, our, our authentic selves, I think that what we're really trying to say is how do you be your true self mm-hmm. as all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a part of I had to I at a very old age. I had to start to learn what my true self was. Mm-hmm. And I had to become come to grips with something that was very difficult for me to come to grips with, is that um, I was made uh, by my Father, uh, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And the, um, the shortcomings that existed in me were there for a reason. So I had to really get to the point that I was okay with the flaws. And then once I said I was okay with what I could identify as my own flaws, I then had to really start to say, okay, what is it that I like to do? What is it that I like to be? What is it that makes me feel good? What is it that energizes me? And um, uh, that, that was a long process. One of the things that I have always prided myself on, uh, because I I work in a field that is uh, mostly dominated by men and men that are of the majority race, um, I've always prided myself on being a chameleon mm-hmm. and being able to fit into a, a situation or a relationship wherever it is and wherever it may be. And I thought that was a phenomenal quality. Um, I was challenged by my counselor maybe 18 months ago that that was a sign of fear, that chameleon changes its colors out of fear. And, um, you know, uh, a lion or uh, the king of the jungle never changes their colors. They're always who they are because they're comfortable with that. And I think that as you start to think about, okay, am I my authentic self? I think that becomes really important to start to figure out who you are before you can start to evaluate, uh, am I my authentic self? And, you know, it's hard because even as kids, we get stuck into a system or a family. Mm -hmm. And so who who we are, who we think we are, gets formed by that. Yes. And so, so much of discovering who you are authentically, unfortunately, is unpacking all the stuff that isn't really yours. Right. That someone handed you. Right. Um, I think that I personally complicated it by getting married when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And so I went from one unit of people who had an idea of who I was into a different unit where, um, just like Donald said, fitting in was really important. I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want to in any way look weird mm-hmm. or odd or different. Mm-hmm. I desperately wanted to belong and fit in. And um, there's nothing wrong with that because I do think 
it's sort of in our nature to need to belong and need to have people. Um, but what happened for me and the flaw in me was that I started to shift who I was in order to still fit into whatever unit I was in. Right. And the longer it went on, the harder it was for me to separate whether I was trying to fit in or whether that was who I really was. Right. Right. So I think that as we as we drop down this path and, you know, if you think about uh, from a just an outline and a bullet point standpoint, uh, one of the key things about being authentic is to determine who you are first. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, so you determine who you are first. And then you have to really get comfortable with that. I know that you and I are big fans, fans of Brene, uh, Brene? Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And Brene talks a lot about if you read her stuff and you listen to her podcasts and things like that, she talks about shame. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that shame is probably one of the biggest factors that keep us from being our authentic self because we get comfortable and we identify, okay, this is who I am. Uh, this is what I like to do. Uh, this is the way I am made in God's image. Uh, but maybe it's not acceptable uh, by other people. So I have shame in that and I want to hide that. And uh, it, it can be, it can be little stupid things of, you know, I am fearful that someone does not like my taste in music. Mm. So I have go-to answers for what your favorite music is instead of really saying what is your favorite music when someone asks. Mm. You have uh, one of the things that Michelle and I, real quick about us, if you're in the Columbus area, you know a restaurant called Roosters. And and this always turns on me. Yeah, and this is this is one of those really funny things about being authentic. Uh, I'll have clients that say, "Hey, Don, thanks a lot for this." Or Michelle will have somebody that says, "Hey, what can we get you guys for you know doing this or doing that for us?" And uh, we'd like to get you a dinner out. And you know the standard answers would be you know Cameron Mitchell's restaurant or something really nice. And that's what we used to say. We truly used to say that to people. And we like those places. Absolutely like those places. But our favorite place mm-hmm. is Roosters. And it's a wing place. A lot of people would consider it a dive. And uh, so that was a step in us. And you might look at that and say, okay, that's kind of a stupid little thing. But how many times do you answer a question uh, the way that you want someone else or the way that you think someone else wants you to answer it? Um, instead, we've really gotten good at telling folks, yeah, our favorite place to go is Roosters. And that's where we go for date night and all of this kind of stuff. And that has been a a process for us. And the reason for the process is that we had a, um, I, I, I want to believe that it wasn't shame, but we had a fear of uh, not being accepted by people when we gave that answer. And... You know, it's funny because even even deeper than that, and we'll get into this, but some of the complication in dating is trying to manage that fear of rejection mm-hmm. and finding out um, who you really are and who this other person is while they're trying to be self-protective. Yeah, and I think that's... So one of the things that we should really talk about is does everyone deserve your authentic self? And what what would you say is the answer to that? Yes and no. Yes and no. 
So here we go. What is the the yes becomes very simple. So why yes? So yes is that I never believe that you should act um, in ways that contradict who you are. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that everybody gets your whole story, mm-hmm. or certainly that um, every action that is your gut reaction is appropriate in every situation. Right, right, and that's the no. And that's the no. That's the no. Yeah. So what I mean, let's let's talk about the no part of it a little bit because I know that you and I are um, kind of all in or all out people. So once <laughs> what we do des- you mean by that? So once we decide to be authentic, <laughs> we we go okay. We're gonna be authentic everywhere all the time, mm. and there's there's pieces of that that um, are harmful, uh, not only to you but to others. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is times where other people don't necessarily need to see or to get your full, like Michelle says, your full story, your full authenticity. Um, Great examples would be if, let's say that I am, let's say that I am at a business meeting and someone asks me about Michelle and her health. Now, I don't necessarily need to walk them through blow by blow, day by day, everything that's going on in her health. I can give them big picture answers. It's improving. It's about the same. And that's not that's not uh, not being authentic. It's just being respectful and aware that you know I'm I'm not really sure that uh, the blow by blow or every step of my my authentic story is one that they necessarily need. And so to take this even further, kind of silly stuff, and I'll take it down to just really simple, basic, silly stuff. So people ask me what kind of music I like. Mm-hmm. At first, and for years, I would say, oh, my music taste is really eclectic. I like a little bit of everything. And that's mostly true. Mm-hmm. But I don't like country music. Right. And so instead of me, so I can say, you know, I like just about everything, but I really don't care for country music. Instead of my gut reaction is I cannot stand country music. I don't really even think of it as music. It is absolutely ridiculous to me. Not everybody needs that answer. Right, right. So I think that that's, and that, that's, that's a learned process is um, where you get to the point of, whether or not everyone gets your full story and your full authenticity. Uh, there's an element of in a safe environment, though. Mm-hmm. Once you get into a safe environment and you create a safe environment, uh, I'd be interested in Michelle's thoughts. Is there a case where the no still applies? Uh, so I have to say yes. Okay. Um, and I think there are competing factors here. We haven't really brought this up a lot, but... So when you're thinking about being your authentic self, you start on the journey by figuring out who you are. And then as you move through the journey more, then you have to figure out that you were someone who was created in God's image and you were fighting your natural sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't say that acting on your natural sinful nature is, can be written off as I'm just being authentic. Right. No, you're being a jerk. Right, right. And so, you know, it's, but I don't think you can jump straight into, I was created in God's image and I need to just go straight to whatever it is that God wants me to do per se. I think you have to discover how God created you Mm -hmm. and who you were created to be Mm -hmm. and then have that um, sort of mesh with who God is. Right. 
So no, I don't. I, I I don't think that you can always just go with what your gut says. Right, right. I I agree with that. Um, in a safe environment, it's really really important that, that as you as you work through this journey on authenticity, the safe environment is really something important to uh, define and determine. Uh, for me, a safe environment is a, an environment in which. Uh, I don't feel as if I'm going to be judged or ridiculed. Um, I don't feel as if I'm going to be made fun of, and I don't feel as if um, it's going to be held against me. Uh, it, that, that, it, it, at no point did I say that it was going to be accepted. Mm. A safe environment does not equal acceptance, um, at least ex- agreement. Let's say that safe environment does not equal agreement. Um, and, and I don't, I don't need agreement to be in a safe environment. One of the things that I've always said to every employer that I've worked for is that I just need for you to hear me. And then, um, if you get to make the decision, fine, I just want to be heard. Mm. And it's, it's, that's the safe environment to me where, um, I am in a, in a situation where, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be made fun of and, um, and I don't, I don't need agreement, but I don't also want it to be held against me. Yeah. And, you know, as we kind of walk through some of the steps that we've taken, I think that, you know, one of the first steps that Donald and I, well, I, that I specifically started, I, I don't want to speak for you. I feel bad doing that. But um, it was learning how to be authentic with God. Yes. And, you know, that's a weird thing, but mm-hmm. I can't tell you how difficult that was. Right. To be able to pray in words that I wanted to use, that sometimes included foul language, that I could be totally and completely truthful and honest about the things I was struggling with, um, how I felt. I could be angry. I could be sad. I could be disappointed. I could, you know, just be my real self in prayer. Mm -hmm. And that was a real, a huge first step because if I couldn't be authentic with someone who knew me better than I know me then I have no hope of being able to be authentic with the people in my life around me. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's no safer environment mm-hmm. than that environment. When you're in prayer uh, with God, uh, there's no safer environment. So if you are unable to uh, say what you want, uh, struggle with your admit your struggles and you know Michelle and I have had instances where we may work with couples or individuals and they'll say you know I can't say that to God and if you can't say that to God there's nobody else you can say it to so we're really um, adamant and it's kind of the same thing and because we talk about it at church right if you can't pray for someone at church, there's no way you'll be able to pray for them out in public. Mm-hmm. So when you enter a safe environment, and then then you go through the process of expanding that safe environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's then with uh, uh, your 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 inner family circle or something like that. But you just work to expand those safe environments. Uh, now, one of the things I'll tell you that I did that was bad is that I tried to force uh, authenticity um, at different points in my journey through it. And I will tell you for myself, I really started a journey to authenticity maybe 
uh, 11, 12 years ago. Um, I was okay with keeping a bunch of secrets and not letting people know what I thought or I felt. Um, but one of the things that I did, and my son and Michelle, unfortunately, had to pay the price of it, <laughs> is that I, I did, I think over a course of uh, two years, I did uh, three times 30 days of no filter. And that's when whatever was on my mind, whatever came into my thoughts, I said. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't recommend that um, because I think that's really difficult on the people around you, um, especially when it's you know someone you're dating and your son. But for me, it was necessary because what happens is that um, our life is uh, a pendulum and we'll go from one point and whenever we start swinging a pendulum, we'll go as far on the other side. But our true, true center, we keep going back and forth until we get to that. Um, I think Michael Singer in The Untethered Soul talks about how uh, we, we go side to side until we really get to our true north or our true center. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a huge swing in the pendulum because I had spent so much time being a chameleon that I had to swing all the way over. So I don't recommend that, but I do recommend that, you know, you, you start to find safe places and to then expand those safe places. Hmm. You know, one of the ways that while we were dating, we um, had the opportunity to learn about ourselves. And this it's, it sounds ridiculous, but Donald bought a board game. Well, we're going to save the board game till the next podcast because the board game becomes the, some of the tricks and the methods that we used for authenticity. So maybe we're at the end of this session and then we'll go into that because uh, Michelle will t- Michelle and I will tell you about board games. We'll tell you about um, what we would do when we would go out sometimes to create authenticity. Uh, we'll tell you about the different steps. So I'll let you go board game as long as you don't give it all away. Well, no, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Uh, and, and this felt disjointed a little bit for me. I don't know how it felt for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a difficult conversation, but I think that one of the one of the key things, or a couple of key things, we, we really um, are are wanting to get across is that a safe environment to be authentic is really key. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the authenticity you can't become authentic until you know yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Uh, really encourage you to spend some time uh, making sure that you understand yourself, uh, making sure that you understand uh, who you believe that God has created you to be, and uh, prayer and seeking that guidance, and then uh, finding those safe environments because safe environments exist for all of us. And uh, unfortunately, um, in relationships are sometimes the last place that we find our safe environments. So we, you really want to start to uh, try and find safe environments for yourself. Mm. Do you have anything else? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay, so now you start here's her thoughts, his thoughts, and uh, you see how his thought of saving the board game is affecting the podcast. <laughs> I just didn't know. No, you're good. 
<laughs> no, so that's fine. And we will talk about the board game later because the board game is phenomenal. And uh, But you have to listen to the next podcast to get the board game. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so, oh, and uh, last thing is, Michelle, if you could, do you mind uh, maybe talking just for a minute or two shame and the impact of shame on your authentic self? We mentioned it. I don't know if we drilled um, down into so it. So I think that just acknowledging that um, fitting in is absolutely counterintuitive to being authentic. That when our focus is fitting in, we are always more focused on being included in a group than we are about being authentic. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having our search be to find people that we can be authentic with, we spend all of our time finding groups we can fit into. Mm -hmm. And so you have to accept that both of those things can't exist together. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I guess one of the things that Michelle said there that tricked a, uh, triggered a thought in my head is that I really believe that there is real value in taking time after an encounter and thinking about, okay, was I my authentic self mm-hmm. um, or was I trying to fit in? Because if, if you are not being your authentic self, this is going to be a learned practice. Mm-hmm. So at some point you have to evaluate, did I get better? Did I get worse? Because there's no one that knows whether or not you're being your authentic self other than you. Yeah. And just another point, just to keep in mind that you may not have people you can be authentic with in your life right now. Um, That, you know, we design our lives in ways that go one direction or the other. So it's either fitting in or authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so if you find yourself in a position where you don't have people around you that you can be authentic with, then it's time to clear the decks. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've said that. But um, it, it, it's time to, to start over and rebuild with people that, that you can be authentic with. And that process is not easy. And um, it takes time, and it takes time to build trust and relationship with people that you can be true to who you are. Um, we can give suggestions about how to do that later too, but just just to keep in mind that y- your life may not be in a position right now where there are people that you can be really true and honest with. And that's okay. Because b- getting to the place where you can be true and honest with um, yourself, be true and honest with God, and then the community part comes second. And I think that... It, it, Hopefully that you've heard it, maybe through the our disjointedness and maybe through some of the work that, that we talked about. Uh, the, the being authentic is hard, and we found it to be very hard. Uh, but the benefits are tremendous. Uh, the benefits are, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to worry about always being prepared and on your game when you go and do something. Mm-hmm. You can just be yourself. You don't have to remember what you told somebody last time about what type of music you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you you truly do get to be comfortable in your own skin. And probably the biggest benefit is that, um, you know, God has designed each and every one of us a certain way to achieve a certain purpose on earth. Mm-hmm. And when we start to try to change our design, we're, we're making it more difficult to achieve that purpose. Mm-hmm. 
So we have to really set in that that design uh, to accomplish the, the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Michelle, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So remember her thoughts, his thoughts, and uh, we're going to probably drop the uh, tricks and the methods that we use. And that's going to be much more fun, much more jovial uh, than this topic, because we we did we did some crazy, crazy things uh, to try and and get to the point where we could be authentic. So her thoughts, his thoughts dot com. You can find it where you find your podcast, your different types of podcasts. Uh, subscribe and uh, you'll know when the next podcast on authenticity drops. Yes. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys.